Well, praise the Lord, everybody. This is Pastor Mark A. Stroud, and I thank you so much for joining me for this special edition of Kingdom Rock Radio. On today's broadcast, I want to bring you a special series of messages entitled Marriage Enrichment by my wife, Pastor Sumiko Stroud. In this series, you're going to discover how to be a godly spouse, and you're really going to be blessed. Now, don't forget to go to our website at www.kingdomrock.org. It's there that you can download this entire series and share it with a friend. All right, without any further ado, here comes the series entitled Marriage Enrichment. We're going to jump right into things. We talked about what uh, the four pillars uh, or the four um, principles of the foundation for a healthy marriage, because that's what we want. I know when some people say, I want a good marriage, or you have a good marriage. Well, that's a relative term, good. Uh, so what we want, we want a healthy marriage, a marriage that is thriving, okay? Um, because we know, uh, as the Bible has uh, tells us, that, our that a marriage uh, is an example of the relationship between God and the church. And so even our marriages can be a witness uh, to those who are, well, they are a witness to those around us. You either, people either look at your marriage and be like, oh, I, I want to get married someday. I want a marriage like that. Or they look and they be like, I don't even want to walk past the courthouse if that's what you got. So um, we want a healthy marriage. Uh, so the four principles or the four laws, uh, we're going to just do a quick review of those. And just like any law, uh, when you obey it, all is well. There are no, you know, horrible consequences. All is good with you. But when you disobey a law, troubles are coming. And when we disobey one of these four laws, when we don't follow them, troubles are coming. And it may not come right away. Um, but the good thing about life is if you live it long enough, things catch up with you. So uh, number one, the law of priority. Remember your marriage relationship should be uh, the most important natural relationship that you have. The only thing, the only relationship uh, that should come before the relationship between you and your spouse is what? The relationship between you and God. Because without that primary relationship, we are not capable of fulfilling the other relationships in our lives. We can do it for a little bit, kind of miss, um, but if we have God first, then we are fully capable of doing everything else uh, that we need. But your spouse needs to be um, a priority and they need to know that. And that's just not something you can pay lip service to. You can tell me I'm the most important person in your life, but all, if I, all I ever get are your leftovers, then that lets me know, no, I'm not the most important person in your life. I'm not the most important relationship. So we don't put jobs first. We don't put parents first. We don't put children first. You don't put the dog and the cat first. You don't put your friends first. Your spouse should hold that first position. Um, and that means more than just you saying it, that means you showing them that they are first place in your life. Uh, the second law, the law of pursuit. You remember all that you did to woo them in the beginning? Well, that doesn't stop. It is a daily thing. Um, there's, there's one uh, gentleman that he's like, you know, because sometimes we like to keep points, especially men. I know, I know y'all do this. You hear about it on television, these funny little sitcoms sitcoms where they'll be like, that should get me enough points, you know, to last for a little bit. Well, all points expire at midnight. 
unfortunately. So you could have been the absolute perfect husband all day long, but the next day, you got to start all over. Same thing with us wives. Nobody told me that at the beginning. So I'm like, well, wait, I, I did that last week. It doesn't matter. You have to woo them. Every day uh, is a day for you to remind them of why they fell in love with you to begin with and to hopefully convince them to stay in love with you today. So it's kind of like if you've seen one, some of those movies that have like a, we call them a Groundhog Day uh, movies where one person maybe two people live the same day over and over and over again. Every day they get up, they retain their memories of what happened, but nobody else around does. So it's kind of like that. You wake up the next morning, you remember all the things that you've done. Your spouse does not. What so you have to start over. Huh? What have you done for me lately? Right. You got to start over. So each and every day is an opportunity uh, to woo your spouse. Now, the good thing about you remembering what you've done is that you remember what worked and what didn't work. So it's not like you're starting from zero. Uh, so you already have that knowledge back there. They did like this or they didn't like that or this went over really well or this didn't. But each and every day, kind of like the children of Israel, uh, when they were in the wilderness with the manna, you got enough for one day. You tried to get enough for two and the next day worms coming out and it stank. So that's what happens when you try to rely on your good deeds from the day before, it stinks, okay? And when you do stuff just to get points uh, with your spouse, you don't get points for that because they know that that's what you did. Isn't it a tricky situation? Law number three, the law of possession. You should be working to build a life together. You're not just roommates where they have their thing going and you have your thing going and occasionally your things overlap. That's not what marriage is about. It should be you do things together. You're building a life together and occasionally you will have something of your own and they'll have something of their own, but you should be blending your lives. Like we do all of those. There's so many different kinds of unity ceremonies that take place at weddings. Well, that ceremony is pretty for the day, but when you go away from there, if you don't work to make that happen, then it won't. It doesn't just, autom there's not something that just automatically happens because you poured two different color sand in a bucket or two different color of the water. I mean, it's a pretty display of what should be happening in your life from that day forward. Uh, so we have to work to make that happen because it doesn't just happen because you are completely capable of living. I know people will say, oh, I can't live without you. But guess what? You did before you met me. You lived a, a long and full life, forever how long, and they lived a life, and God forbid something happens to one of you, you will live on. Now, sometimes people that have been married 60 or 70 years, they don't live on much longer because they just have no desire to, but you can physically live without another person unless you're conjoined twin and y'all are sharing something there. But um, so you can, but you should be so intertwining your lives that the thought of a divorce, it would be just completely, you'd be like, I would, I can't do, I got to make this work because my life would just be so upside down. I mean, I would walk away from this with nothing. I do, it's not, it's all of my stuff now becomes all of your stuff your stuff becomes my stuff, 
my emotions are intertwined. You know, we are having this conversation. I look at, you know, mine and my husband, our lives are so intertwined. I'm like, if one of us, if we were to decide to just, okay, we're done, we're going to end this thing, what are we going to do? Who's going to move? I mean, all of our stuff is just so connected. I mean, the church, even our, our jobs, our passwords. I'm like, you already know all of mine. I already know all of yours. The kids, they look, one looks like me and acts like you. I mean, just better just to work it out. Just, just work it out. So that's what you should be going for. Your lives should be so intertwined uh, with each other um, that you do look like on those um, unity ceremonies where the color, where it blends and become one, that's what you should be working toward. So they're going to have, and that's why, you know, when people have been married for a long time, you say they start to look alike because you, you pick up each other's mannerisms. <laughs> you do, you pick, hopefully you pick up each other's good habits, but you pick up each other's mannerisms because you are spending uh, time together. And the fourth one, purity. Uh, that is when you stand before them and you are just completely exposed on every level. Um, you're building intimacy uh, with them and you are sharing with them things that you don't share with anybody else. Uh, whether that is, you know, physically, of course, hopefully everybody knows that once you get married, you, your spouse is the only person you're supposed to have sex with. Now, if nobody that beforehand, I'm sorry, but that is the way that goes. You don't get to be like, oh, I'm going to take a pass. No, you don't get to do that. You don't get to have it in your mind with somebody else. You don't get to physically have it with somebody else. You don't get to emotionally have it with somebody else. It is just your spouse. And even if they say, yeah, we can bring in another person. No, they're crazy at that point. That doesn't happen. You know, so you no keep, you know what? No. Nope. Whatever that is. I'm sure that's a movie I didn't see. <laughs> so, no, we keep purity. You keep purity, um, intimacy in your conversation. Uh, you should be able to be open and honest. Your spouse should be a safe place, a person, the person that you can bear your soul to. And they aren't going to judge you and they aren't going to criticize you. They're going to listen and they're going to be there for you to be supportive. Uh, so now if you don't have that environment uh, in your marriage, then that is something that, you know, we need to work on. You need to work on. All right. So today we're going to talk about expectations. Such a lovely word, expectations. A strong belief that something will happen in the future. Now, we have expectations in every area of life. You expect that when you go into a restaurant, you're going to get good service. You're going to get good food that's not going to give you food poisoning. It's going to be prepared in a clean environment and served with a smile on a clean plate. Now, what happens uh, when, that, when that doesn't happen, when you open up your flatware and the last person's meal is still on it, um, that does something to you, doesn't it? It sort of shakes you a little bit and you start to doubt everything about that place and about that meal. And you're like, I don't know, I wanna, you know, if they couldn't get this right, what else are they not getting right? So we have a strong belief that something uh, will happen uh, with our expectations. Now, th three things can happen with our expectation. They can either be fulfilled 
That means what you thought, what you were hoping would happen, does happen. You know, you were expecting when you got married, one of, like, if you wives, if one of the things you thought your husband was going to do was make sure that the garbage was taken out and that the trash can makes it to the curb, and you weren't going to have to worry about that. They were going to empty every waste bin in the house, and they were going to replace the trash bags, which is a thing. <laughs> You didn't think you'd have to say that, but sometimes you do. That they would put a clean liner in the, in the bin and that they would take it out to the curb and then they would bring it back or take it to the dump, whatever your situation is. If that was one of your expectations, then, you know, if every time there's trash, they take it out, then expectations fulfilled. That's not an issue, right? When somebody fulfills your expectations, it is not a problem. Half the time, you may not even remember to say thank you, which is not a good thing. You should always be appreciative, no matter, like, whether it is something they were expected to do or not, we should always show our appreciation. So our expectations can be fulfilled, and that's a good thing. We want them to be fulfilled. They can also be re-evaluated, where some things change, life changes a little bit, and you look at things, and you're like, okay, I, I did expect that I would, you know, that we were going to have a sit-down family meal every day at dinner. I was going to come in, and I was going to make a two- or three-course meal, and we were going to sit. You know how they do on television when they tell you your kids will be all screwed up unless you do this every night? Um, sit down at the table and look into each other's eyes and tell me, how was your day today? And who did you interact with? And what went on with you? And that is a wonderful thing. But if you're both working 50 hours a week and the kids are involved in things, you may have to reevaluate. And you may have to say, you know, that is a good expectation, but perhaps we'll do that twice a week. And the rest of the week, get what you can. Do what you can. As you're running by each other, what's going on in your life? You know, if you have to stand outside the bathroom while somebody's doing their business, just get me up to date. Who you know? What's going? That's good. Okay, I'll catch you later. You may have to reevaluate some expectations because your lifestyle may be such that either it's no longer reasonable to expect what you were expecting before, or just you have grown as a person, you have changed, and you're like, you know, I don't even want that anymore. When I was in high school, I used to want, you remember the Suzuki Samurais that came out? I had a classmate that had one of those, and I thought, that is the car I'm going to get. And that was what I wanted. And then when they start flipping all over and killing people, my expectations, I reevaluated because I thought, it's nice, and she looked all carefree when she's driving it, but I want to live. <laughs> and we have a nasty curve at the end of our street, and I don't want to be flipping over in the ditch, so I reevaluated that expectation. Um, and so we can do that. And then, of course, the other thing that can happen with our expectations, and this is where we fall into trouble, when they go unfulfilled. I expected that you were going to put your dirty drawers in the hamper every time you took them off. And then I would wash them, and I would put it back your clean stuff somewhere, and you would get them and put them up, but then when you dirty clothes again, you would put them in the hamper. That was what I expected. What I got was a trail of dirty drawers from the bathroom to the bedroom and in the hallway. 
And no matter how many times I said, you walk right past the hamper, you couldn't just throw them over there while they were at your ankles. You couldn't just stop confessing, Scott. You couldn't just flick them over in there. That is an unfulfilled expectation to you, the person. I'll get with you in a minute. When we have an expectation to us, it seems easy, right? It seems reasonable. And that is what adds, um, you know, insult to injury when somebody doesn't fulfill our expectations is because to us, you're like, it is such a simple thing. So obviously, you don't care enough about me to do this very simple thing. But there may be something else going on. Yes, sir. What'd you have? You're not able to flip them in there anymore. <laughs> you got to get one of those grabby things now to pick them up. Okay, so now when we have unfulfilled expectations, that's not the word. My chalkboard is not cooperating. Okay, so when they are not, uh, we have unfulfilled expectations. What does that lead to? That word that we all know. It leads to stress. It leads to disappointment. Right, we become disappointed. And we're going to see that disappointment looks like different things to different people. So when our expectations are not met, then we end up with disappointment. What's that? The feeling of sadness or displeasure caused by the non-fulfillment of your expectations. You get disappointed. Now, disappointment affects the intimacy in our relationship. Why? Because you just don't trust them. It starts to chip away at the trust that you have in that person. And remember one of our laws of purity, we should be able to stand before each other, naked and not ashamed, exposed on every level. It starts to hinder that. So those fig leaves, those layers that you were taking off as you were becoming vulnerable to your spouse, you start to put them back on. Because then you feel like you, you can't really trust them uh, with things. And it starts out as simple things, but when we look at those repercussions uh, of disappointments, what happens? Somebody disappoints you, you get angry, you get sad, you may get a little depressed. What are some other ways that you all have acted out? Because we do. Sometimes, especially if you've got that passive aggressive thing going, you will act out in some strange ways. You do. You, that's true. You shut down. You start putting walls up. Because why? When we get disappointed, nobody wants that feeling that comes when you expected something and you didn't get it. Because especially when you think, when you sit down and you're like, I don't think that was asking too much. Now, if when you reevaluate re your expectation, if it was, you know, something completely over the moon, you're like, you know, it's a long shot. I thought it may happen, you know, that I would marry this dude and he would become a millionaire and I'd be on easy street. <laughs> I was hoping, but, you know, it didn't happen. But that's okay. That, you know, that wasn't a, you know, wasn't, that wasn't, you know, the thing. But, but when it's something that you think is fully within their ability to do and it looks like they just have chosen not to, that hurts, doesn't it? That hurts because you're like, 
because you're thinking, I know with me, you're like, this, this person is supposed to love me um, more than anybody else. They're supposed to be there for me. Uh, they're supposed to be my, um, you know, my, my friend, my companion. They're, this is my teammate. They're supposed to have my back. And they couldn't. And most of the time, that, that's the thing. It's usually not that a couldn't. It's a wouldn't. And they wouldn't do this thing that they knew I wanted them to do. And so that does start to affect um, our intimacy in our relationship. And when we can't be vulnerable with each other emotionally, uh, mentally, you know, I told you something and it was in confidence and then I heard somebody else who knew that information, it shakes you up a little bit. And you start to wonder, well, if I can't trust you with that, maybe I can't trust you with other things. And so it's, it's a slow kind of pulling away and you gradually a little bit further and a little bit further until you wake up one day and you look over at this person and you're like, I don't feel anything for them. Which is even worse than I don't like you is that I feel nothing for you. You can come back from an I don't like you, but I don't feel anything for you. Indifference is a very difficult thing to turn around. And so we don't want it to get to that point. So how can we minimize? And we're gonna, there are going to be disappointments in life. I mean, it's just going to happen. You're going to expect somebody to do something and they're not going to do it, or they're going to do it, but they're not going to do it the way you wanted it done. Um, so there's going to be disappointments. So those of you that didn't know, they're going to be disappointments. You can love somebody with all your heart, with all that you are, and they are your soulmate, and you know that this is the person that God has put into your life, but they are human, and they are going to disappoint you. And guess what? You're going to disappoint them. It's going to happen. Uh, but what can we do to minimize some of those repercussions, some of the fallout? How can we handle it so that our, war, our, our whole world doesn't come crashing down or that we don't find ourselves easing into um, indifference with them, that we don't get angry, don't we, that we're not hurt, we're not sad, that we aren't being passive aggressive and acting out in other ways, that we don't turn our hearts from them towards somebody else. Because that can also happen. You'll find somebody and you'll be like, well, this person never lets me down. And you'll start to rely more on them emotionally, and then it will grow into something else. Uh, but the thing you have to remember, uh, the mistress doesn't have to deal with your litter of dirty drawers from the bathroom to the bedroom. She gets the best of you. He gets, you're the other man or whoever gets the best of you. Your spouse gets the other. So of course, it's easy if all I have to do is make you happy a couple hours a week. But if I don't have to, you know, I don't have to smell your morning breath. I don't have to deal with your stinky feet. Um, you know, I don't have to deal with your other bodily functions that are sometimes not attractive. That's easy. So you have to be careful that you don't glamorize uh, other people. You know, when they say that um, there has to be a nice way to put it. <laughs> but the most effective way that I've heard it was that, you know, when people say the grass is always greener on the other side, it is because it is also full of fertilizer. <laughs> <laughs> 
Right. So, but you know, and that was like the, the best way when I heard somebody say it's because you don't see all of the that's on it, making it be green and grow. You're not dealing with that. So don't turn yourself outward comparing your relationship to someone else, someone else's relationship, because those people aren't you. And again, um, like they tell you when you're looking at social media, you're comparing your everyday life to somebody's highlight reel. I mean, people only put the good stuff about them on there. And you're like, oh, they have such a great life. Well, that's what they wanted you to see. So don't get caught up in comparing your relationship to someone else's, uh, because that in itself can give you with a set, can leave you with some expectations that your spouse is not going to be able to live up to. And you're going to be, just be setting yourself up for disappointment. So some of the ways we can minimize those repercussions is first of all, you want to make sure that your expectations are realistic. Okay. Make sure that, that what you're expecting them to do is something within their ability to do. And that comes again from knowing who you're married to. You know, there are some things like some people are not good with uh, public displays of affection. I am one of those. I am not, no, not with seeing it. I'm fine with seeing it, but it doesn't come naturally to me to do that. Uh, to be to hold hands in public, it's just it's just never been my thing. Now and so I have to try to work on that because my husband is very touchy feeling. So is my daughter. So I have to pray for my son-in-law. Hopefully he's good with that. <laughs> but I'm not. I've never. That's never been something that came easily to me for whatever reason. It's not that I'm like, oh, don't. Some people are, you know, just horrified. Of, don't, don't touch me. You know, we're in public. Don't kiss me when we're in public. And so if you have a spouse that is that way, but you expect that when you go out and you're walking, that they're going to hold your hand, that they're going to put their arm around you, that they're going to give you um, a kiss, you know, out in front of everybody before you leave, that expectation is unrealistic. And you're going to be disappointed every time because it is not something that they're comfortable with. Now, for me, it's not that I'm uncomfortable with it. It just doesn't occur to me to do it. Now, in the summer, I am uncomfortable with it because, um, you know, you walk in, I'm like, when I get out of the car and we're going into the store, I'm focused. The store is where we're heading. So let's get, let's, let's make this happen. Let's get in the store. So to me, to, to walk and hold hands, you got to slow down and you kind of, I'm like, Okay, we can, we can, I can do this. <laughs> I can, let me get myself together. I can do this. So it doesn't come naturally to me, but because that's something that my husband enjoys doing, I have to, it's not that it's not a painful transition for me because if it were something that I would be like, look, I, I'm sorry, I just can't. He would understand and then we'd have to reach some kind of compromise. But since it is just that it just doesn't occur to me, um, I have to try to make a point, you know, of, you know, thinking about that sort of thing. But so make sure your expectations, and that again comes from that intimate conversation with you and your spouse. Uh, you know, if your expectations are for him to, uh, we'll just go with um, taking out the trash. If your expectations are for him to take out the trash, but his work schedule may be sort of crazy where, you know, 
he's leaving early in the morning and there's no trash there and you get home at the end of the day and it's full of trash and you're like, I wish he'd take out this trash. Well, he hasn't gotten a home yet. You know, so that he can do that. So be realistic and don't expect the, you know, the dude to walk in the door and head right to the trash can. You know, be realistic. If your expectation, uh, and I'm just, you know, using typical, you know, roles, but however, at my house, whoever, sometimes we play Jenga with the trash. And I'd go by, I'm like, all right, y'all, it's up the wall. Come on, somebody. Don't make me do this. But if your thing is laundry, because my thing is laundry, uh, I prefer to do the laundry uh, simply because I grew up having to go to the laundromat. And I will go without a, a stove, a refrigerator, a television, before I will go without a washer and dryer. It just ain't gonna happen. And so I have to make sure that my washer and dryer is treated properly. And the rest of the folk in my house don't know how to do that. <laughs> So I do the laundry, and I'm okay with that. I just want you to put your dirty stuff where it's supposed to go. Because if I got to deal with dirty socks, I shouldn't have to also find dirty socks. So that's the expectation that I have for people in my household. You get it in the dirty bin. If you don't know which bin is dirty, at least get it to the laundry room. If I'm okay if you even put it on the floor in front of the washing machine. You get it to the laundry room, I'll get it washed, I'll get it dried. If it belongs on a hanger, I'll get it on a hanger. If it needs to be folded, I don't mind folding it. I'll get it back to where it belongs. You just get it to me when it needs to be washed. Those are the expectations. So I'm good with that. And I don't think that's unrealistic. Now, and they don't, you know, think that it's unrealistic. I don't think that's asking too much. And I think that's within everybody's ability to be able to do that. But that took some tweaking through the years, you know, to be able to come to that arrangement. And so, you know, those are some things you have to look at. But your first thing is you have to look and see, is your expectation realistic? For instance, if you like to watch, um, I like to watch a lot of uh, romantic comedies kind of thing. I'm, I'm, you know, I like to see relationships progress. I like to see them blossom, bloom, what have you. Um, but I also have to realize that that's television. So I can't get upset with my husband when he doesn't act like the man in the movie did. That's unrealistic. Because in the movie, they're always, what, extremely wealthy, extremely fit, um, very emotional and forthcoming with their emotions and romantic. I mean, they're just perfect in every way. They may do one thing that's stupid, but then they'll overcompensate and do all this other. That's not real. You know, they only have to be that way because it's scripted for two hours or whatever. That's not life. So when I watch those, I have to make sure that my takeaway is not then to look at my husband and be like, you ain't ever fly me off nowhere in a private jet. <laughs> if you really loved me like you said you did, I think you'd make that happen. Somehow, I think you'd make that happen. And until you do, I'm not going to act like she did. <laughs> that is an unrealistic expectation. And so we have to make sure of that. And so how do we make sure? That was part of the reason uh, I had you write stuff down, because sometimes when we look at what we expect other people to do, when you then have to write down what they should expect you to do, and then you realize, oh, well, I don't really want to be doing all that kind of stuff, so 
Maybe I shouldn't be expecting them to do all that kind of stuff. And you can, you know, get to uh, come to some form of agreement with that. Then you also want to make sure that you have clearly communicated your expectations. A lot of times we don't do that. We know in our minds what we want and how we want people to behave. And we think what they should know. They should know. Because what I'm doing is not unreasonable. They should know. And they should do it the way I want it done. That's a, that's a big hurdle that we have to overcome. And the reason for that is, you, let's, let's just think about it here from uh, just a, a purely sort of intelligent standpoint. You do things the way you do them because from your life experiences, it has come to you, your attention, that this is the best way to do it, right? And that is why you do it that way. Well, don't you think they've done that same thing? That based on, think about, based on their life experiences and their um, experiences in doing this thing, they think that this is the logical way to do it. Well, chances are their logical way and your logical way are not going to match up. You're two different people. You've had different experiences. You've lived different lives. So, okay, but if it does, let's look at that. If it, if it is just that they're wrong, then when it's your turn to do something that you don't have quite as much experience with as them, does that mean you're wrong? See? And how does, that, how does that make a contented, blended life, a shared, peaceful home? It doesn't. So you can, you can be right or you can be happy uh, and you can have a peaceful environment, but you don't always get to be both. And so we have to think about that. I want to encourage you to think about just because they are doing it differently doesn't mean that they are doing it incorrectly. They are doing it a different way. And if their way is not your way, then you have a couple options. You can always just do it yourself all the time without complaint. Without complaint because you turned away help. So you also turned away your right to complain. So without complaint, without the passive aggressiveness, without the, all of the things that disappointment brought up, you don't get to be disappointed because they didn't, they didn't not fulfill your expectation. You took it away from them and said, nope, you don't get to help me with this. This is going to be an area that's mine. Now, isn't that starting something that's going to be kind of a little slippery slope? This is mine. What happened to everything that I have is yours and everything that you have is mine, and we're going to be open and honest with each other? Everything I have is mine and everything he has is mine. Okay, Linda. That's not how it works, dear. It's not working that way. And so, but you can if there are some things like with me, with the laundry, for example, because... I so want to make sure that it is done a certain way. I have committed to being the one that does the laundry in the house. Now, what that happens, huh? Right. Um, but so what that means then is I'm responsible for the laundry. So when I come in and I've had a rough week and I'm tired and there are no clean towels, 
I don't get to look around at anybody else and say, y'all didn't see the laundry room was full of dirty clothes, nobody else wanted to wash a towel. I lost my right to say that because I said, you know what, guys, I will take this on. I don't want anybody else to worry about this. I'll do this. Same thing with uh, yard work and cutting the grass. Now, I don't know that Pastor Stroud said that, but I said it for him. I'm not going to bother the yard or the grass. I'm going to let you take that on, and you're going to do that. So when he's busy and our grass starts to get a little high, it don't bother me because I'm like, well, that's his thing. He'll get it done, or he'll pay somebody to get it done. If he needs some help, I don't mind helping. But that is something that he, that is his area of control because he likes it done a certain way. And I like the way he does it. So I like that he does it a certain way and I don't have to do it at all. But you wanna make sure that you have clearly communicated your expectations because when we don't, and it is such an easy thing, you just assume because you have done it a certain way that they are going to do it a certain way. And that may not be what happens. And just remember that the way that they do it seems right in their eyes because think about you married an intelligent person. Now, because if you married a fool, then you got to ask yourself, was I a fool for marrying him or did I turn him into the fool after he married me? So you have to think about those things. You married an intelligent human being. So if they're doing it this way, they're doing it for a reason. And if they love you, and if you, know, you are working on having a good relationship, their reason is not just to annoy you. Now, if they're doing it like that just to annoy you, then that is a sign of a crack in your foundation, an issue that you really need to work on. And that's, again, another conversation where you have to sit down and be like, Honey, what's up? Are you, do you really just not know that, you know, that this is not working out in a good way? Or, you know, what, you know, what is it? So, and if there are some things that generally annoy you, like, you know, for some people, it may be a particular way. Like we've got in our house one set where the, you know, uh, cabinet where the plastic dishes go, the Tupper, would be Tupperware if I actually bought Tupperware, but you know, Tupperware's cousin uh, goes. Now, when I stack it, I have a particular way that I stack it because it's easier for me. All of the lids stack together and they're on the shelf and all the bowls stack together, they're on the shelf and then the bigger bowls uh, or the glass bowls are to the back uh, so that they don't accidentally fall out, you know, casserole dishes and then the other bowls. Well, my husband doesn't stack them like that. Um, But he was helping me wash the dishes. He was making a game of it. How long can I go without her having to wash the dishes? I like that game. So he would wash them and he would you know, load the dishwasher, unload the dishwasher, put them in the cabinet. And when I'd open the cabinet, there was just stuff everywhere. I was like, okay. So I can either get annoyed with him because he didn't stack things the way I wanted, or I can just be like, you know what? I appreciate the fact that he washed the dishes that he unloaded the dishwasher, and that, and he does that stuff where you completely wash the dishes and then put them in the dishwasher. Or we, we really just have a dish rinser because it never has to wash anything. Um, so, you know, it just rinses and sanitizes, whatever. And he put it all away. So I thought, you would, that would not be smart 
to, to be ugly with him because he didn't do it your way. He did it. And it only took me a couple of minutes to just pull my little footstool over, took everything out, zip, 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 put it back in there the way I wanted it to go. Life is fine with me. I do that every so often if I need to. Otherwise, I can be like, I can either adjust. Then, yeah, I could probably be like, dude, don't you see how they are? Why don't you put them this way? But he has a way that he prefers to put them in there, which for him is probably just let me get them out the thing, put them up there. We're going to get in our hand, just put it up there, and we're going to go. You can find it, you can find it. Well, I don't know, I guess. Yeah, he's here somewhere. He's probably, yeah, I think, yeah, he's kind of getting, but still, it's not going to, it's not going to ever be like me because I really like to organize things. So he's going to be like, when he, when we open that drawer, that cabinet, we see different things. He sees, well, I did what you said. I put all the tops, all the lids are here and all these bowls are here and then those bowls are here. I'm like, yeah, but you didn't nestle them. And you didn't put the, the big ones, you didn't put them in order by size, and you didn't stack the bowls by color, because that's my issue. So <laughs> that is why I do them that way. So you see, it's not going to ever, you know, even when I help him with things, he has a way, like when, when I'm editing stuff on the computer, he thinks I take the long route, which I probably do. Like I'll, He's like, you could just click this button here, or you can just do this control and then I'm like, yeah, or I could do this, and then this, and then this. <laughs> it saves me less brain cells to just do it this way. So there, because you're different people, you're going to do things differently. And when you look at things, you're going to see it differently. So you just have to come to a good compromise of what's going to be OK. And in the general scheme of things, does it matter if the blue bowl was stacked with the red bowl and not the yellow bowl? I mean, when you look at the fact that if I continue to nag my spouse about this, I'm tearing them down. Do I want to do that? Do I want to make them feel like they can't come to me and talk to me about stuff without me being critical of everything they do? Those are questions you have to ask yourself. You're, you're, you know, your teammates, you're supposed to be the place where they can come and be built up. And so some things you just have to decide and it's not important. But aren't there some things that are important? There are some things that, that are and that then you have to, again, sit down and have that conversation and be like, I know it may seem simple, but it's really important to me because give them the background that you have, the background information, because it's coming from a different point in you. And it could be that if it's something that seems trivial to others, but it's very important to you, that may be an area in your life where you need some deliverance, some healing, and sharing that information and say, right now, this is very important to me because, and try to talk that thing out and let them see where you're coming from. And then they can be like, okay, okay, I didn't know that. I didn't have all that information. And possibly by the time you are able to release all of that, it will mean a little bit less to you, but at least it helps them to kind of get better on the same page as you. And that comes from that. Make sure that you clearly communicated your expectations. Make sure you've told them what needs to be done. Um, sometimes you have to, I've learned from Linda House, 
sometimes you have to give people the why. You know, I would be like, what, what? I just, I, I didn't ask you to do that. There was a reason. And some people don't, they're thinking, oh, well, your reason was you just didn't want to inconvenience me. And I'm like, nope, my reason was I didn't want you to touch it. <laughs> so you have to, you know, again, communicate. But we have to be open with each other to say that. When you feel walls coming up, you have to be like, nope, they only want what's best for me. They are for my good. They are my teammate. So that if I'm perceiving them as doing something to harm me, I need to bring that to their attention. I need to let them know we need to talk about this thing because that couldn't be what they meant. You know, instead of being so quick to say, okay, well, I'm not going to let them hurt me again. I'm not going to, I'm not going to do that. You're not going to, because your mind goes back to the person that hurt you before and you're penalizing your spouse for something somebody else did to you. And that's not fair to them. And it wouldn't be fair to you if they were to do the same thing to you. So when you feel those things coming up, it's important to stop right then and be like, okay, all right, this is making me feel like you don't really care about me or like you don't care about why I do this or, or that you're disrespecting me. Uh, that's what I'm feeling. And give them the opportunity to be like, no, that's not what I meant at all. But if you don't tell them that, if you don't let them know that, then how are they supposed to know? Because I'm not sure how many of you married people that are mind readers. Did you? I, I didn't. You get yourself in trouble that way, don't you? Yeah, you, that, because you may read something in there you don't want to know. There's some stuff that goes on in my mind. I'm like, I didn't want to know that. So we have to be careful that our expectations are realistic and that we communicate them properly. Now remember that it takes time to grow a healthy marriage. And this is where we're going to end. This is an acrostic. Y'all know I love those things. Um, so it takes time to grow a healthy marriage. T in time, um, whenever it comes up there, travel. You got to take me somewhere. Amen. You know, it doesn't have to be fancy on the private jet to Paris. Uh, it doesn't have to be. It, if it can be, it should be. But it doesn't have to be. But take me somewhere. What does that look like? Just a little trip. It could be they do free movies at the Amp in Villarica and in Carrollton. Plan a date. Go. We're going to take you to the movie. Take your little blanket. A picnic in the park. We live in the country. There's parks everywhere. You know, you can go somewhere, you can go, there's still some drive-in movie theaters. You can go to the drive-in or you can just go to the movies, go to the matinee. It doesn't have to be expensive. Uh, some things you can do for free. Some things are going to cost a little money. Some things you should save up and do a nice trip. Because what is that? You're, you're spending time with me away from everybody else, spending away from your job, away from the stresses of our life, away from our other family members. It's just us, you and me, spending time together, doing something together. You should do that on a regular basis. If you don't have kids, you can really do it, you know, regularly. Every couple of weeks, every week you should do some kind of something. And then every couple of weeks or so, or maybe every month or so, uh, maybe a weekend trip. Yes, ma'am. 
No, then you just tell, in the wonderful days of cell phones, you can even set up an auto message. And when they call, you send them that message. We're doing just fine. We're having some time alone. See you later. Don't even have to pick up the phone. Just set up the auto message and go. Now, when you have children, you have to get a little bit more creative. You have to get a babysitter. Maybe you can work. Sometimes you can you can work, excuse me, with other couples and be like, I'll keep your kids this week. Y'all go somewhere. Uh, you keep mine this a weekend. You keep mine this weekend. We'll go somewhere. Or God bless grandmas. <laughs> you know, give them something. Don't expect them to do it for free. Give, compensate grandma. And, you know, and don't let it be a long, drawn out. Give them some definite time. We're going to be gone for 24 hours, 48 hours, whatever. We're just going to take some little time away because that helps to build you as a couple. And remember that is your marriage is your priority, is your number one spot. And when you're, you're doing, you should be doing daily time uh, with the Lord that is increasing or improving that relationship. And as you're spending time with your spouse, it makes you stronger. It makes you a better couple. And so when hard times come, you're going to face challenges. Everybody's going to. It doesn't matter how long you've been married, how happy you are, how perfect for each other you are life, there's going to be challenges. And some of them are going to come way out of left field, completely unexpected. You did not in a million years see it coming. But the stronger you are together, the more intimate time that you've had together, the better able you will be to, to weather those storms. So take each other somewhere. You know, you can both do that. Anybody can plan a trip and say, you know, and you can even, you know, have a shared calendar where you can look and say, okay, we got this Friday open. No doctor's appointments, no other appointments, no nothing. I'm gonna put, we're going to put some money to the side and put it on the calendar. We're going to go and do whatever. We're going to Dairy Queen, and we're going to sit there and have some ice cream, and we're just going to look into each other's eyes like we did when we were dating or whatever, and we're going to or look and people watch at the mall and... <laughs> Because that can be some fun there. Or, you know, and then we're going to go back home. But we're going to go away from our everyday and just take some time with each other. The I, intimate conversation. Um, getting to know each other. Share your hopes and dreams. I thought that by this time in my life, I would have accomplished this. Or when I was a kid, I used to always want to do this. I wanted to go here. I wanted to have this. Uh, right now, uh, just you know, share if you're dealing with some things right now, share that. If you're having some health issues and those issues, because when we have health complications, there is an emotional element to that that we also need to deal with. And a lot of people don't. You go to the doctor and they tell you you got this and that or whatever going on with you. They give you a prescription. But who deals with the emotional fallout of that? Getting older and your body not working the way it used to, especially when your mind still does, and now your body cannot physically do the things that you used to be able to do, that causes some issues, emotional and mental issues that you're dealing with. But who do you discuss that with? Your doctor, do they ever ask? Mine never asked me. You know, and so your spouse is the person you should be able to share that with. I'm having some challenges. This is how this is affecting me. Um, or, you know, I've been watching the news and it is very depressing and this is what I'm feeling. 
right now. Have that intimate conversation, that time where you can just be open and honest and vulnerable with each other and know that it's a safe place. They're not going to judge you. Now, sometimes uh, we haven't had to do this. Gosh, I don't think we've done this in years, but early on in our marriage, when we would have these intimate conversations, sometimes it is very challenging. And I have a, a problem with my face, my facial expressions. They get ahead of me. And before my mind can be like, don't do that, my face is already looking like, what? So what we would do, turn the lights down, sit back to back, so that each of you had that opportunity to let your face do whatever crazy it needed to uh, while you got yourself together to form an appropriate response and then just open up the floodgates and let it out. You know, if you need to talk, you need to share, um, you know, do that. I've also, now women I know, we tend to be better at sharing or, or a little bit easier at sharing. Uh, is my understanding, ha having never been a man, I can't really tell you for sure, but uh, is my understanding that with men um, saying, honey, let's talk or we need to talk is the quickest thing to shut them down immediately. So you kind of have to sneak up on them, ladies. And by that, you go out and do something fun. And while, and while men are participating in an activity, like when you've gone somewhere, when you've done your tea as in travel, when you're out there playing a round of mini golf, he may just start to open up and share, you know, well, you know, this is so-and-so is happening at work. And, you know, I'm not sure. They've been laying people off. You know, I'm hoping that, you know, that that is over and that they're not going to, you know, lay anybody else off. Uh, men know how secure uh, women like to be secure. And you don't want to you hearing about layoffs. She don't want to hear about that. You're thinking she just want me to bring home the bacon. Well, your, your wife, you know, your husband is more than that. He's just not a paycheck. So they need to be able to share those fears. You know, there's something going on. I'm not sure, you know, or, or you know, I'm getting weary of this job and, you know, I don't know what I need to do or I can't do, I don't think I can do this job anymore. They need to be able to share that. And sometimes it's easier for them if you are doing something else. And when they open up, don't be like, wait, what? What are you talking about? No, just flow with it. Give them a chance at their own pace. Allow them to be able to share as much or as little and let them know, hon, I'm, I'm here to, to listen. You know, comment where you need to. Pray for wisdom in those times that you can be uh, a safe place for them to be able to share, to be able to unload. So intimate conversation is very important. The M, memories, and that's that shared experiences where you can sit back, you make memories. Uh, and there was some commercial and the lady was like, yay, memories. I don't remember the commercial now, but I just love that part of it where, you know, you went somewhere and you can be like, oh, remember that day when we did so-and-so? Or then you have like these little inside jokes. Nobody else knows what's going on but the two of you. Or you can look across the room at each other and, you know, some kind of little symbol and they remember the day that you went, you know, and saw this or whatever. Those are wonderful things to have. 
because they, again, bring you closer together. And it's like you're like in this little cocoon and there's just the two of you and other people don't know what it is, the little inside joke that you're sharing, uh, the little laugh that you're having together, those moments, uh, whether they be funny or even sometimes in those serious moments where you can, you know, with a look, bring them comfort because you've shared something together, because you've been there together. And you can, you know, just to touch on their arm, if you can tell that they're going through something, that helps you to be able to relate to them more. You can start to sense if they're not, you know, laughing as much as they should, then something, you know, may be going on. If he's a little bit more quiet or reserved uh, when he comes in in the evening than he used to be. Um, all of those things, and you'll know, wait, there's something that's going on. And you can be like, well, she doesn't seem to have that sparkle in her eye like she used to. There's something when you're paying attention to each other to their body language, uh, to what they're saying, to what they're not saying, uh, to how there any changes in behavior. Um, because it blows my mind when people say, I came home one day and they had packed up and left and I had no idea. That was somebody that checked out a long time ago. If they can do that, because before people physically leave, they've already emotionally left. And sometimes you should be able to pick up on some changes. They may be subtle, but when you're paying attention, when you're spending time with each other, when you're sharing your life, when you're growing together, uh, you should be able to know there may be still some things if they are withholding from you, you may not know what it is they're withholding, but you should be able to tell there's something, something's going on that they aren't sharing with me. And I, I'm wondering why, why? I mean, you know, this is an atmosphere. They know that this is a safe place to share. So there's something going on. Now, somebody can turn their heart from you and you have done everything right and they have just chosen, but you still should be able to tell there was something. I couldn't quite put my finger on it. I didn't know what it was, but I knew there was something different. You should be able to tell that. And then the E, expression. Uh, your spouse needs to know that you think about them more than just when they're standing in your face. And the best way to show that is through expressions of love. Um, you can say, uh, but it's always so much nicer when you do along with when you say. Uh, you may not be the most romantic person, um, but thanks to Hallmark, we can all do something. We can all come up with some with some words, and thanks to you know, Pinterest, we can come up with some ideas. There is something out there that can help those of us who may be romantically challenged, that can help us along um, and take advantage of those things. Uh, like one example I, I shared with, with somebody before, uh, when, we, when my mom and I go to Sam's every month or so, we have to go get the brown bags. Well, the little treat that we get are the pretzels. They have the big pretzels. And so we get pretzels and an icy, $5. And we got pretzels for everybody because they know when we go, we're going to bring back pretzels. Well, for some reason, it, it becomes hit or miss with Sam's. They sell the pretzels in their freezer department. So while the deli ever runs out, boggles my mind. I'm like, you, you can't just walk back there, get a box. But they can't do that. So we had gone um, a few weeks back, and I was already 
for my pretzel. So I had, you know, bought this, we paid for the stuff, and I'm finishing the checkout. Mom goes over to the deli. I get the stuff loaded. She comes out. She's got two ices, but I'm like, what's up, Mom? See, no pretzels. She said they were out of pretzels. And I'm like, man, my mouth was set for pretzels. So I come back home, and I'm like, Sam's didn't have any pretzels. Now, of course, I probably could have went and bought some. I tried that. It didn't work. It's not the same, not the same. Uh, I guess because they slide them through that pizza oven thing. <laughs> I don't know. And so for a couple of days, I'm like, you know, and the Subway in Bremen and the Bremen Walmart has pretzels, same kind of pretzels. Uh, they don't taste quite the same, I've, I've found out, but they have them, and they, they cost a little bit more. Well, I think a lot more. So I was like, oh, you know, the Subway has them. I said, no, nah, I can't pay that money. Never mind. I'll just get them next time I go. And that was just that. But a day or two, I guess it was probably the next day or whatever. Um, I don't know if if he, if Pastor Stroud had to, y'all know I don't call him that at home, right? Well, I offend you if I just call, because I did that at church one time. I was like, and Mark did so-and-so, and, and I had one lady, you just can't call him that. I'm like, oh, by golly, I can. <laughs> I got a certificate that says I can. But anyway, so, but, um, so he had to go to town to do something. I don't know. We, we work on the same campus, but I don't know what, you know, he's got stuff going on. I got stuff going on. He had to go somewhere. So he came back and he brought in. He was like, I got you a pretzel. And I was like, oh, that was just the sweetest thing in the world to me. It was so much sweeter than the pretzel even was itself because what that said to me was, first of all, he heard me when we were talking about, you know, I'm just kind of offhandedly, I didn't get my pretzel, whatever. But not only that, it let me know that he was thinking about me, even at a time where he didn't necessarily have to be. I mean, you know, we were about our day doing whatever. He was doing whatever he needed to do. And he made a, a special trip. Even if he had to go to Walmart, he didn't have to go to the subway that was in Walmart. And he went in and he got a pretzel and he brought it in and he said, I got you a pretzel. And I thought that was just the sweetest expression of love for me because it let me know that he was thinking about me even when I was not around. And I don't know what the pretzel cost, but he got points for that that didn't expire at midnight. <laughs> They went for a few days because I was like, that was just such a sweet thing to do. Now, he is a romantic person and he does write poetry and he does do, he stopped doing flowers because I so just can't appreciate him. I'm just like, thank you. And he's like, you really just don't like these flowers. I'm like, I do, but I got to put them in a vase and I got to keep them watered and then they're going to smell when they start to die. And I'm like, I'm doing all I can to keep the people alive in the house. And now we got this cat, and I feel like I got to keep her alive. And now you want me to keep these flowers alive, and it's just so much. <laughs> so we stopped doing that uh, with the flower. But he's that kind of person. So I'm not that kind of person. So I have to think about other things that, you know, he may like when I'm out and about. But those sort of things, those expressions of love where you come in, no, you know, like when we, he, he likes to do with bow and arrow and go out and, you know, video. And what I didn't realize the day that I was videoing him and cheering him on, apparently that meant a lot to him because I heard him play the video over and over again. I'm like, what are you doing? He was like, I just thought that was so nice. I'm like, 
Yes. <laughs> yes, sir. Oh, I was just saying that uh, I'm sure. Careful. <laughs> <laughs> she having to censor your speech over there. Yeah. Anyway, so that's that's all, y'all. Just remember um, that uh, growing a healthy marriage does take time. You gotta you gotta put some work in. It doesn't come easy. No, well, you, it's, it's an every day, everything. You have to nurture it. And if you don't nurture it, it dies. It's not like kudzu that just grows wild. It's one of those finicky plants. I don't know enough about flowers, but there's some of them that are just so finicky. You got to talk to them. You got to get the weed. You got to pick the weeds off them around them, give them just enough water. And I heard if you give them warm water, they like that better. That's too much work for me. But your marriage is like that. It's going to take, you got every day, you have to tend to it every single day. And if you do, it will be beautiful and it will be healthy and it will last you a lifetime. But if you neglect it, weeds are going to grow up and going to choke the life out of it. And it's going to feel like a death sentence and you're going to be like a ball and chain and then, you know, the whatever, whatever. And it's not going to be good for you, but you have to be able to, you know, nurture it. And, you know, I mean, if, and if you don't, somebody else may. So you just want to be careful with that. You know? Does anybody have any questions? <laughs> you. With Miss Perlene's cornbread. Miss Perlene's cornbread. Lisa's already said she would be available in the event, but Even if I was still alive, she would be available. Yeah. But again, she doesn't have to wash his dirty socks. Exactly. She doesn't know. Does anybody have any questions or comments? Yes, ma'am. And that is that is very good. Yeah, it's good to good to address it when it's there. But uh, definitely disappointment. It's it's sneaky that way because you don't realize. And what you end up doing is then um, you will stop expecting. You will just be like, you know what? They're just gonna let me down anyway. So I'm not even. And you stop trusting them because you remember we we talked about trust before. Uh, when you trust somebody, that means you can you believe in their ability and their reliability. Not only that you can do it, but that you will do it. And after a while, if somebody disappoints you, you know, every time they disappoint you, 
you stop believing in one or the other or both. Um, and believing, stopping to believe in somebody's ability, while that's harmful, I'm not sure it's as bad as their stop when you stop believing in their reliability. Because somehow, to me, it seems it's worse when you look at your spouse and be like, I know you could have, you just didn't. That puts you, that, that's a whole other perspective altogether when you start to think about you could have done this thing and you just didn't. Right. Again, it's your fault, and then that's where you know learning those things. That's where those walls begin to build. They do. One thing that I didn't mark down is that disappointment chips away at trust. Mm-hmm. And you know, sitting back and thinking how true that is. Yeah. Been. And it, yeah. So that will give you something to go home and think about, because you're probably. If, if that is something that, that we haven't dealt with before, then when we go back and sit down and look at it, we can see how I'm not as open with them as I was in the beginning. And that's because you've been disappointed. And so each time there's a, you know, a layer. And so now our job is to try to get those, chip at those walls, break them down, break them down. And you could still be, you know, getting along well, but there's, there's some barriers there. And we don't want any barriers to our intimate, uh, intimacy in our relationship. You know, we want to be able to be completely open and honest with each other. We, we need to be able to be vulnerable uh, because the marriage relationship is so special because it's like a combination of so many different relationships. Um, you know, it's a, a, a good roommate. If you've ever had a good roommate, you know, your spouse can be like, a, you know, a good roommate. You know, you share things. You, you got somebody there, a companion. Um, you know, they can be uh, your best friend. They should be. I, I personally think your spouse should be your best friend. And there are some people who don't think that. Um, Excuse me, but I think that I don't think there should be any other friends. Because you know what? When you have best friends, I think we've all probably had best friends growing up, even if it was just when you were little. What happens with your best friend? When something good happens to you, they're the first person you run to. When something bad happens to you, they're the first person you run to. Because you know that no matter what, they've got your back. They only want what's best for you. They're there to cheer you on. They're there to help you out. Even if it's just the two of you against the whole world, they're like, we can take them. You know, and so to me, I want my spouse, I want my husband to be that person in my life. I want him to be, he to be the one that when something good happens, he's the first person I call. Something bad, he's the first person that I call. I don't want there to be, uh, because to me that helps him to know that he does take first place. Um, that he's a priority in my life. And remember I told y'all before, I have to be careful that uh, because my mother and I are friends and coworkers and neighbors. So, you know, she calls me, we have, you know, interactions with each other a lot. So I have to be careful that I don't allow my relationship with her to usurp my relationship with him. And so sometimes if she calls, um, you know, if, if we're in the middle of watching television, I'll be like, Mom, I have to call you back. I'll, I'll call you back later. Or, you know, if we're going to do something or go somewhere, nope, I can't, I can't do it this day. I've got something that I need to, to do with him. Can you schedule this for, I don't mind driving you, but can you schedule it for another day? So I have to be mindful of those things. Um, so with you, it may be a different person that's been there. And I had... I, 
I had a best friend uh, before I got married, uh, and the transition just didn't work very well. She felt slighted because I couldn't spend all that time with her anymore, you know, like I was. Uh, and, and I told them, it's even coincidentally, they both had the same birthday, and that was really just a nail in the coffin for her. She's like, you're just replacing me in every way. I'm like, oh. OK. And, you know, had I been more mature, I probably could have tried to help transition a little bit more. Um, but, you know, it is what it is. But I, I just, you know, think you need to make sure that you and your spouse, and when you are friends, that can go a long way in helping you when you no longer have those romantic feelings. Because there's going to come a point in life when the romantic feelings are not as strong. Now, and that, it's not that you will go through life and be like, oh, no, I don't feel nothing from, no. But there will be just different seasons in your life where you may not have that loving feeling, but at least if you've got that friendship, that attachment, that other strong relationship that can be there to help you over the hump, over the dry spell, you know, until he does float your boat again, or what, <laughs> what have you. Uh, you know, we go through emotional changes and challenges, and sometimes, you know, that happens. Okay, thank you all for joining us, and uh, we'll talk to you later. We pray that you have been richly blessed by today's message. Remember, if you would like to hear today's message in its entirety or hear the entire series, just go to our website at www.kingdomrock.org. That's kingdomrock.org. You can also subscribe to our podcast and get it on the go. And if you have a Roku device, make sure you search for Kingdom Rock TV. In there, you will find this program and so much more. We would also love to see you in a live service. Just go to our website to get the details at www.kingdomrock.org. Until next time, remember that Jesus loves you and so do we. Choose him as your Lord today. Only he can make a way.